Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. It is great to be back with you guys, as always. And man, things are going really well for the Braves. Uh, right now, uh, as we speak, the Braves are rolling. They are the toast of baseball, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, this recent string of success has basically forced the eyes of the sporting world to notice how good the Braves are. Even ESPN, which I have long contended has a bias against the Braves. I don't know if I'm, I've am i made that up over the years. Uh, maybe that's just me being a little bit of a homer and seeing things through those eyes. But I've always felt like ESPN has underplayed Brave success, not talked about them enough. Um, they recently did a sit-down short interview with Ronald Acuna and just noticing how great he has been. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even ESPN is having to admit how awesome the Braves are right now. So that tells you something right there. But it's it's a fun time uh, to be a Braves fan. There's not a lot of negatives to find with this team right now. And uh, we can kind of sit back and enjoy this string of games, uh, this long string of games, uh, where the Braves have just basically dominated baseball. Uh, recently, the Braves swept the Marlins uh, in that series. Uh, they outscored the Marlins 29 to 7. This was supposed to be a matchup where it was kind of a, you know, a, a yardstick test for the Marlins against the Braves. They came into this series only six games back of the Braves, and the Braves swept them in very convincing fashion. Uh, swept them out of town. Maybe, maybe they beat them with the other end of the broomstick. I don't know. So, anyways, they swept them out of town. Um, the Braves had. Uh, a team record, 11 home runs. That's a record in a three-game series. Uh, of course, six home runs in that very first game in which they beat the Marlins 16-4. to uh, Then, uh, last night, they walked into Cleveland and took the first game of that series 4-2. Uh, to two. So the, the offense was a little more quiet in this game, though they did have three solo home runs. We'll get into that game in a little bit. Uh, during that game, I just want to start off with Man, there was a little bit of an, a Ronald Acuna injury scare in this game. I don't know if you guys caught the game. You might have missed this if you weren't watching uh, live. But uh, Ronald stole his 40th base of the season, uh, which is awesome in and of itself. But um, he grabbed at his shoulder. It was kind of a little bit of an awkward slide as he was trying to stay on the base. Grabbed at his shoulder, uh, snicker, and uh, the athletic trainer had to come out check on him. It looked like he was in some pain. Everybody's heart stopped at that moment. And um, and then ultimately he popped up and seemed to be fine. It didn't seem to bother him the rest of the game. There might be some soreness there, but nothing that you could tell in any kind of swing. So I think, and they didn't really even talk about it after the game uh, that I saw. So everything seems to be, seems to be fine. Uh, but man, that was a scary moment. And I think if you are talking about anything that could derail this team, it's really only injury. I mean, I'm not saying that another team can't get hot and beat them, especially in the playoffs. We know that that can happen in baseball. But in terms of how they're rolling right now, it's really hard to imagine this team going into a long, um, you know, long spell of bad baseball. I mean, it, it might happen for short stints, but but injury is the one thing that you really uh, could imagine derailing this team and particularly you know it would be heartbreaking if it were to happen to Acuna so 
Uh, I hope I'm not speaking it into existence. I don't really believe in that. So uh, I just am hoping beyond hope that the Braves can keep Acuna healthy. Of course, he is going to play his aggressive style of baseball. Um, and we just hope for, for good health for Ronald and the rest of the Braves going forward. We know that, you know, Max Freed and, and Kyle Wright, those injuries have hampered the pitching staff a little bit. But um, the offense, since basically since this good run started, uh, everybody on the position side of things has stayed healthy. That's, that's been another important part of this run. So uh, hopefully they can continue to stay healthy. Uh, where the Braves stand right now, they have the best record in baseball at 57 and 27, a very robust 30 games, uh, 30 games over 500. Uh, I believe that this is already the best uh, record the Braves have ever had in franchise history in terms of um, before the All-Star break, the, the most wins they've ever had before the All-Star break. Uh, that being said, you know, the All-Star break way back when there, you know, there were multiple All-Star games, you know, um, in the 50s and I think before. And uh, so I think this is only Atlanta Braves history. But I mean, even then, I mean, you're talking about all of the great 90s Braves teams and this team is is doing something really, really special right now. They've won 17 of 18 games. They're currently nine games up on the Marlins, 12 and a half up on the Phillies. And I always have to mention the Mets. Uh, They're 19 games up on the New York Mets. So that is, um, that's awesome stuff right there. All right, so uh, game two of the Marlins series, I want to go back the last episode. I covered game one of that series. That was the 16 to four victory where the Braves just absolutely pummeled the Marlins. So let's go ahead and catch up on the last three games the Braves have played. Game two of that Marlins series, the Braves absolutely go off on Yuri Perez. This is a young, highly touted uh, prospect for the Marlins who's come up and basically dominated baseball for the last month. Um, He came into this game with an ERA around one, um, and the Braves scored six runs on him in the first inning, he only got one out. I mean, this was incredible. The, you know, this kind of talented pitcher with a 98 to 100 mile an hour fastball and um, and a really good slider on top of that. And this was just um, them jumping on him from the get-go. Ronald Acuna and Ozzy go back-to-back to start the game. It's just one of those things where everybody, the broadcast, it's like they don't even know what to say because the offense has just been that remarkable. Uh, so the Braves score six in the first inning. They actually went silent until late in the game. They got they tagged on one more run, uh, but the Braves blanked the Marlins in this game. Charlie Morton had a good game, uh, five and two-thirds innings. Uh, his pitch count got a little high in that sixth inning, and he couldn't get out of the sixth. But nonetheless, very good game for him. No earned runs, four hits allowed, five strikeouts. Uh, so it wasn't dominant Charlie Morton, but it was it was good. It was a good Morton um, appearance for sure. All right, and then game three of that series, last game of the series, the Braves end up sweeping the Marlins uh, in this game. They actually went down two early in this game. So uh, in terms of this good run of the Braves, you know, they almost always jump on top first. It didn't happen in this game. They go down two. You have Sandy Alcantara pitching for the Marlins, who hasn't been – as good this year, uh, his ERA is closer to five um, after winning the Cy Young last year. But, you know, he's still 
that kind of guy who can shut you down if he has a good day. Uh, so the Strider was on the mound for the Braves. Again, gives up two early runs, uh, but actually looked sharp otherwise. He gave up a couple hits in the second inning uh, that allowed these two runs to score, but he's continuing to look good. I mean, a lot of you know 98 to 99 mile an hour fastballs, painting the corners. That's the kind of stuff you want to see, that, that fastball with really good command. He didn't have a ton of strikeouts early in the game, but then he ended the game uh, with a string of, I think, five straight strikeouts. He ended with nine strikeouts for the day. Um, so in terms of the offense, you get home runs from Arcia and Ozzy off of Alcantara. Uh, home run from Arcia was nice since he's been scuffling a little bit offensively. Uh, and then you get an insurance homer from Travis Darno, a two-run homer the opposite way in the eighth inning. Uh, that was really great because at that point it had been four to three. That pushed it to six to three, and the Braves take the game comfortably um, in the ninth as uh, Iglesias comes in and shuts the door. So the Braves sweep the Marlins and then head out on the road. Last night they um, they played the Guardians, and if I end up calling them the Indians at some point, y'all just gonna have to you know. Um, forgive me for that. But anyways, the Cleveland Guardians still sounds weird. The Braves, this is their first trip to Cleveland in a long time. Uh, but the Braves connected on three solo home runs last night. Uh, and Bryce Elder did Bryce Elder things. He looked very Bryce Elderish. <laughs> Only one strikeout, but a lot of contact against a team that doesn't strike out and, uh, you know, has a lot of contact, but not a lot of power uh, in the Cleveland lineup so that's kind of it, it wasn't surprising that it went down that way but six and two-thirds innings two earned runs allowed seven hits one strikeout and two walks from elder he actually had a chance to get out of that seventh inning with no runs allowed uh his last the last batter he faced uh rosario the shortstop for the guardians got a hard hit single uh, that scored two runs, and so Elder comes out at that point. But he was still very good, um, kind of the Bryce Elder we have come to expect this season, uh, the all-star Bryce Elder, uh, and it was good enough as the Braves, like I said, get three solo home runs. They also got an RBI single from Ozzie Albies, but Michael Harris was the offensive star in this game. Two home runs from him. Uh, Ozuna also had a home run in this game as well off of uh all off of gavin williams so the braves end up beating gavin williams he's the number 12 prospect in baseball he's the top prospect for the indians so there i, I did it i told you i'd do it for the guardians and um and you know he, very talented pitcher he'd actually the the game before this this was only his third career start but in the game before this he had shut down uh kansas city over seven innings only giving up one hit and no earned runs in that start. So he was coming and feeling really good, uh, but Michael Harris particularly had his number. He crushed a low fastball in his first at bat to right center field, uh, one bounce, and then made it into the Braves bullpen uh, from there. Uh, and that ball was, I think, about 425 feet, just totally smoked it. Uh, the second ball was not as long, but it still got over the fence. He went the other way. And this was, to me, the more impressive home run for Harris, a fastball. Uh, above the zone and he's able to hit that the other way and sometimes with him when he hits the ball the other way out I just don't know how he does it I mean that ball was not a strike out of the zone high and for him to have the power to get it out the other way is pretty remarkable 
So it's great that Harris, you know, he's been going great for about a month plus now, and he is just continuing to show what he is capable of. And, and um, if he continues to play at this level, the Braves are all the better for it. All right, guys. So those are the last three games. The Braves, like I said, 30 games over 500 and rolling. Uh, hopefully they can continue to uh, beat up on the Guardians in this series. Uh, let's go on to uh, the All-Star game and talk about that a little bit. Oh, before I do that, I meant to do this at the beginning. Happy 4th of July to everybody. Uh, Independence Day. I hope you all out there are having a good holiday. Thankful for our freedoms and independence. Uh, I, I know I certainly am. So, all right. Well, let's let's go back into the Braves and talk about the All-Star game. The Braves have an astounding eight uh Eight players selected to the All-Star game. I told you guys last time, I thought they had seven basically surefire All-Stars with one um, in Riley who was maybe on the fence. Well, Riley ends up getting named as well. So uh, really cool. Ozzie Albies was the other one that maybe could have been left off. Uh, I think Cattell Marte, second baseman for Arizona, ended up being left off, and and some people are are mad about that one. But they were you can make arguments for either one of those guys. So the Braves end up getting eight, eight All Star um, players, three starters, five reserved. We could call this game the Alex Anthopoulos game, uh, the Alex Anthopoulos All Star game. Twenty five percent of the National League roster is made up of Braves. And I just wanted to also mention, this is another fun thing uh, to me, is that um, not only are eight Braves on there, but you also have three former Braves, recent former Braves, and Freeman, Dansby, and uh, Jorge Soler also make the team. So if you include those guys as you know recent former Braves, then you have 34% of that roster. Um, it kind of has some mark of Alex Anthopoulos on them. So uh, it will have a great Braves flair um, in the game. But, you know, as I'm thinking about this team, you know, when you get eight All-Stars, it's just another representation of how successful the first half of the season has been. And uh, I recently saw after Charlie Morton's start against the Marlins and the Braves had that great first inning, he was um, – you know, he did a post-game press conference, as they tend to do, and he had some great comments, and I wanted to revisit them, and I think it's some of the best comments I've heard in terms of just defining why this Braves team is so special, why the the Braves, uh, you call it the Braves way, I don't know if they still use that term, but just the, the culture and um, the Braves organization and why it's kind of unique and why it's been so successful for so long, especially in this last six or seven year iteration of the Braves franchise. Um, so this is uh, a quote from Charlie. It's kind of long and it's a little bit paraphrased and cut down, but I want to, I want to read it to you guys and then just talk about it just for a minute. So Charlie said, I don't think they realize how good they are. People are trying to to quantify what's going on with this offense. But I think the guys in that room don't really know what's going on. They think like we're pros, we're good dudes, and we care about each other. We go out and play. They're all pulling for each other. They're supporting each other. They're extremely positive and relaxed. They're really humble for how good they are. To be in that clubhouse, I feel so spoiled. It's kind of surreal. It's a special time in my career to watch what they're doing and to watch the quality of people in that room. 
So, you know, I read that because, and go, go back, I'm going to try to post that full uh, interview so you can see that and see him saying them in his own words. And, and also uh, you can get the, the full context of those quotes. But, um, but Charlie, number one, you see in that quote, why Charlie is so valued by the Braves, why they brought him back. I mean, he's obviously a good pitcher. He's not necessarily a dominant pitcher anymore, but he's definitely contributing uh, to this team, you know, really important innings throughout the season. Uh, but he's he's a leader, and he is clearly valuing what this Braves team is about and how unique they are. So, you know, I just kind of made some bullet points of of summing up some things that he's he's mentioning. And these are things that I think I've mentioned and are noticeable when you follow the Braves, but it's just worth revisiting for a minute. So number one, of course, this is an incredibly talented team, and you can uh, you can point back to Anthopolis for assembling this team, right? So you need talent, but there are also tons of talented teams throughout the league. I mentioned this a little bit last episode, but you know why such a talented team in the San Diego Padres or such a talented team in the Mets? Why did they flounder? Why do they struggle? Uh, they're talented, right? There's there's something beyond that that has to be in place for a team to experience the kind of success that the Braves are experiencing this year. So going back into this quote, right, just a few things beyond talent. Uh, this team ignores the noise and the hype of the media, right? They're kind of like, in a good way, they're ignorant to it. They're oblivious to all that stuff. They're insulated uh, in a very good way to just have fun um, and go play for each other. Uh, another thing he said, basically, they care about each other and they support each other. And what that tells me is they're a bunch of good teammates, right? It's not you're in there for your whatever that, you know, it's individual and you're just there to get yours. Uh, there's a genuine care for teammates. This is why, you know, you, you hear all the time this Atlanta is a great clubhouse, a great place to play. Uh, he's saying that they play hard, that they're professionals, right? That means to me that they take what they're doing seriously, but they're also loose and they're having fun. Uh, this is help, helpful for not being stressed. I mean, the baseball season is a long, arduous thing. You can imagine being a professional baseball player would be probably pretty stressful at times. Uh, they they don't stress and that they help each other out in that way. They stay positive and relaxed. That's another thing he's mentioning. And to me, that means they're more mentally strong. They're a mentally strong team. We see this where they when they do go through some downtimes, you know, they never have more of a three or four game losing streak. They don't let it spiral. Um, and then he said they're humble. To me, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, for success of any team is humility. Um, a huge part of being a good teammate, uh, being coachable, uh, continuing to get better is being humble, recognizing you don't have all the answers. You're, you're not, you know, the, the greatest thing ever to come along. And even when you're as great as Ronald Acuna, he's, he has shown humility this year, right? He came in uh, with a desire to get better, to be more coachable, to to improve, and he's certainly done that, and um, that's what it takes to be a great team, and really just even to be a great individual player, is showing that humility and that coachability. So yeah, these comments from Morton are really cool to hear. Again, I'm going to post that video so you guys can see it if you missed it. Um, I'll, I'll post it at least on Twitter, so if you're following me there, you can see it. All right, but yeah, this is this crew 
is um, is incredibly talented, but also incredibly humble and coachable. I connect those two things together. I think it's a huge reason for their success. And when you connect players who are willing to be coached and listen with great coaches, then you get some great results. And of course, we know that's the, the thing for the Braves. They've got a great coaching staff. I wanted to shout out two guys in particular who are thinking, I think are having huge impacts. And again, Snickers at the top. So I'm giving him credit con connected to these two. But the first is, of course, Ron Washington. We all love Wash. Um, he's one of my favorite dudes to just when I'm watching a game, just checking out Wash and what he's doing and what he's uh, saying. Uh, from the third base box. It's just fun to watch him. But um, he was interviewed recently because every one of his infielders was chosen for the All-Star Game. And he basically said he feels like a proud papa, <laughs> which I thought was, was a good way to say it. Uh, and he also had a quote that, again, connects back to this team being coachable. He said, you can be the best coach in the world, but if they don't apply them, how good are you? And uh, clearly these guys are listening to Washington. They're listening to their coaches. They're applying these things. They're working hard at the same time. And um, you see significant results. I, the other guy I wanted to point out is Kevin Seitzer. I don't think this guy gets enough credit. Of course, the players are out there playing and, are, and ultimately are doing it. But he is overseeing one of the best offenses uh, that's been around in baseball for a long time. And I think... Uh, what he is doing uh, is he's bringing a good full team approach. And when this, you know, when June, when the calendar turned to June, I think you really saw, you could actually see in games that the team had a clear team approach. It wasn't that every guy was trying to do his own thing or do a different thing, but this was a team wide game plan and approach that I'm sure Kevin Seitzer had a lot to do with. Uh, also, a shout out to Chipper Jones. You guys know he works with with hitters a lot as well individually. Um, but this idea that they're letting the ball travel more, they're they're staying up the middle. Uh, you know, if you're a left-handed hitter, uh, stay to left center field. If you're right-handed hitter, you're hitting the ball more to right center field, uh, which creates a more patient approach, better ball and strike recognition. So all these things have been very evident across the entire team. And have once everybody, I think, kind of bought in and also just had those repetitions to get better and better with this, they have just gotten exponentially better as an entire offense. Uh, how many home runs? You know, we the Braves hit a record 61 home runs in June. They've continued to hit home runs in July here. Um, how many of those home runs were hit to center field or the other way? And I would say, I mean, they do those spray charts on the broadcast sometimes, and it's it's very good to see it because, I mean, even like last night, you have, you know, you have um, both Ozuna's, Ozuna's home run and Harris's second home run go the other way. Darno's home run the other night uh, to give the Braves some insurance runs went the other way. You, you just see it. A lot of Olsen's home runs have been up the middle and to left center field. And I think you see a ton more power and and you know it, it's effective that kind of approach so i give a lot of credit to kevin seitzer on that all right so let's talk a little bit more about the all-star game eight braves are all-stars and five of them are reserves so how are reserves selected i don't know if you guys know this so it's mostly a vote by the players so you know ballots get sent out to players there are 23 total reserve spots for the all-star game uh, 17 of those spots 
are filled by player votes of these reserves. And so that leaves six final spots that the commissioner's office fills out. Uh, I don't necessarily love that the commissioner's office gets to do that, but they usually focus on making sure that each team gets a representative. So it's, I think they just kind of come back and fill, fill it out for primarily those reasons. So you don't really know for sure. I don't think you can know for sure who, you know, if it's a player vote or commissioner vote. But since the Braves already had three starters and then you have these five reserves, what I'm taking from that is the five Braves reserves got in through a player vote. Um, it wouldn't make as much sense to me that the commissioner was was filling out more was putting more Braves on the team when there were already so many on the team. So that being said, I think this shows you that the Braves are, you know, they are highly respected by their peers across baseball. Um, and, you know, those reserves from Riley to Olsen to Ozzie, um, and then the two, the two pitchers in Strider and Elder, uh, it's just pretty cool that, that all, th all five of them got voted in probably by their peers. So I mentioned this already, but on the National League roster, you have eight Braves. That's 25% of the team is uh, our Braves. And then another three are, are for, former Braves in Freddie, Dansby, and Solaire. Pretty cool for Solaire. You know, he's had up and down career, so good for him to have another appearance in an all-star game. I think he's been an all-star one other time, but I'm not positive on that. Um, so just another thought of nine National League infielders, six of them are current or former Braves. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I would say one of two things I want to see happen, because there's so many Braves and former Braves on this team. One of two things I would love to see happen in the game. I would either love to see all six Braves position players and one of the two pitchers in the game at the same time. So you could basically have almost a full Braves team on the field at one time, minus two outfielders. Or I think it would be really cool to see an infield of Riley, Dansby, Freddie, and Ozzy one more time, right? I think that would be really cool. That uh, my, the sentimental side of me would would like to see that one. So I don't know. I think the I guess the Phillies manager will be managing this game. I don't know if he's aware of any of these things, but um, I think that would be really cool to see. Uh, the other thing I think about with this all-star team is just considering the impact that Alex Anthopoulos has had on the Braves. Uh, not every one of these all-stars was brought in uh, by Anthopoulos. So you have Riley, Ozzy, and Acuna were brought in by previous regimes. But think about the all-stars that Anthopoulos has acquired. Uh, Matt Olson, right, obviously came through a trade. This was probably the biggest trade, and he was a previous all-star so it's not shocking that he would make another all-star team. That was kind of the, the expectation on him. But then what about the other guys? So Sean Murphy comes in this year through a trade. Now, Murphy was known to be a good player, um, a, a next-level defensive catcher, a pretty solid offensive catcher, but he had never made an all-star team. Uh, he had a career OPS of only 755, which is not that great. Uh, and this year, as of yesterday, uh, Murphy's OPS was 949, I mean, which is elite offensively. So I don't know that Anthopolis knew that, that Murphy would be this good offensively, but maybe he had a clue that he was better than what he'd shown throughout his career. Murphy did have a great second half last year, so maybe that was the clue that Anthopolis needed. Uh, but Spencer Strider, you know, we know that he's great now, 
But he was drafted in the fourth round of that shortened 2020 draft. There were only five rounds in that draft. Uh, the Braves got him in the fourth round. Bryce Elder, the Braves got him in the fifth round of the 2020 draft. And then, of course, Orlando Arcia came to the Braves about three years ago in a trade that was like no one even really cared about that trade. He was sent immediately to AAA, spent most of that year in AAA, uh, spends basically two years as a Braves utility player. And then now, after the Braves letting Dansby Swanson go, of course, Arcia just burst onto the scene in a way that no one expected. Uh, he had Arcia had a career 2.3 war. Um, coming into this season, and he's already at a 1.9. It, it's just, it's, um, I can't imagine Anthopolis saw this coming. I think he did believe in RC in a way that probably few people did. And I think Seitzer also has a lot to play with RC and his change and his approach to hitting. But man, it is really cool. It does make me wonder, though, who is the more unlikely all star coming into this season? Elder or Arcia? I mean, Elder gets sent to AAA to start the year. Arcia kind of, in a lot of people's mind, was the surprise choice to start at shortstop. Uh, Arcia had never really done, I mean, he'd been a starting shortstop before, but not to a lot of great success. And Elder showed flashes at the very end of last year, but, you know, it was against the Nationals and Marlins. So you could kind of um, reason that away. Uh, and these two guys, for both of them to show up and be All-Stars. I mean, the other guys on the team uh, that, that made the All-Star team, they don't surprise you that much. Uh, but these two surprise you. And it's pretty cool that they were able to be such big contributors in the first half of the season for the Braves. Um, but yeah, I mean, just consider uh, the other main position players for the Braves that didn't make the All-Star team and how good they are. I mean, think about just this past game. Uh, who hit the home runs? Ozuna hit one, and uh, Harris hit the other two, right? Ozuna, Rosario, Darno, and Harris are your other four main contributors uh, from a position player standpoint. And they all had their early struggles of this season, whether it was just struggling at the plate or with injuries or kind of both. Uh, but actually, all four of them now are playing at a very high level. And, so, and those are your four non-All-Stars. Uh, it just is a reminder of how incredibly good this team is. Uh, another little bit of news that came out related to the All-Star game and the All-Star weekend is uh, that Acuna and Olsen have both politely declined to participate in the Home Run Derby. I find this actually refreshing. I mean, would it be really cool to see either of them participate? Yes, it would be. Acuna has participated in the past, I think twice before, um, Olsen makes a whole lot of sense because he's leading the National League in home runs. But I think they're both very much focused on just playing games and, you know, what the team is doing. And, of course, uh, playing in this home run derby and especially how it's done now with it being timed, I think it actually is incredibly physically taxing. So there's a lot of wisdom to me in not doing it. Um, and it also makes me kind of chuckle. You know, Pete Alonzo. This dude takes the Home Run Derby way too seriously. Um, I mean, it is kind of absurd how important it is to him. Uh, I'll call, you know, Mr. Mr. Throw it again, uh, Mr. Pete Alonzo. Um, so he's going to do it, and he's all about it. And yet Acuna and Olsen don't need to win a pointless individual 
contest. Uh, and I kind of appreciate that more, guys. I mean, yeah, it would be fun to see him do it. It would be really fun to see him beat Pete Alonso. But uh, it's it's kind of like they recognize the more important thing. And that's good. Uh, Snicker actually praised Ronald's decision on this. Just kind of saying it's it's another, it would have been cool to see him do it, but it's another sign of maturity and growth and and that he's really focused on on winning games. So I agree with with Snicker's take on that. And you just see that generally with Acuna this year, right? That his attention to detail is is more tight, um, and his focus has been a huge part of his success this year. Um, you know, obviously Acuna is probably the most talented player in baseball, but when you can combine that with hard work and a commitment to fundamentals, uh, that is a really scary combination. It reminds me of a quote a comment from Chipper Jones recently. He said that Ronald is the most talented player in Braves history. And when he said that, it really made me kind of jump for a second. I'm like, well, wait a second. Number one, Chipper himself. Number two, what about Hank Aaron? Um, I mean, Murphy, I mean, you could go down the list, especially position players. And yet, I mean, that's probably true, right? Just in terms of talent, and that's what Chipper was saying. He didn't say he was the greatest Brave ever, but he was saying he's the most talented, which tells you he could be the greatest Brave ever. Uh, but what does it take to be the greatest? Of course, it takes it takes talent. Okay, check. <laughs> Ronald has that. It takes effort. Check. Ronald's always played hard. Um, it, But it also takes perfecting your craft, attention to detail, listening to coaches, you know, I mean, small things in baseball that I've seen Ronald do a lot this year, you know, hit the correct cutoff man, get behind the baseball before you throw it home. I mean, those sorts of things, uh, even how he's stealing bases, right? I mean, it's all way more fundamentally sound and yet he's still, he's still a flashy, fun loving player. And so you can put all those things together and make it work for you. And you see what he's doing. Uh, MVP, runaway MVP candidate right now. Um, he's going to win it if all things stay the same. So just a huge shout out to Ronald and the season he is having. All right, guys, well, what to look for in the final two games coming up in Cleveland tonight? Uh, Colby Allard will get his second start for the Braves. He will face off against Shane Bieber. Uh, this is a very talented pitcher for the Indians. Probably uh, I did it again for the Guardians. Um, you know, he is he has been their ace for some time. He's having an okay season by his standards, maybe a little down, but not not bad by any means. Um, I think this is the the worst of the pitching matchups for the Braves in this series. But the betting line actually still likes the Braves. I don't look at the betting line very often, but it is an okay gauge on generally, you know, who might be the favorite for for the game. So that being said, what I think that is about is Cleveland is really not a good team against left-handed pitching. Um, they're not a good offensive team anyways, but especially against lefties, uh, they only have a 234 batting average against lefties with a very meager 670 OPS. Uh, that's compared to a 253 average and a 690 OPS against righties, which isn't great either, but, but particularly that lower batting average should allow for some success for Colby Aller. He's coming off a pretty good first outing uh, that he had last week. So hopefully he can keep it rolling. Um, the other tough part of this matchup for the Braves is very few of the Braves have faced Shane Bieber more than just a couple at bats. 
other than Eddie Rosario has a lot of at-bats against him and, and actually a good bit of success. So I'm sure Rosario will be back in the lineup for the Braves uh, tonight. Game three of this series will feature Michael Soroka versus Cal Quantrill. Uh, Soroka, I'm really interested in this game. If Soroka can back up what was a pretty solid start last time out with another one this time out. So that's very intriguing to me, especially against a team that's more of a contact team. Probably less strikeouts, but hopefully uh, still a lot of success. Braves will go against Cal Quantrill. Quantrill has actually been a very good pitcher the last two years. 2021 and 2022 were very good years for him, but he has struggled a lot this season, including recently. His last three starts have been very bad. Uh, he, he's given up six runs, eight runs, and six runs in, in his last three games. So um, it's tough. It's a tough matchup for him to right the ship against the best offense in baseball, but that's what he's going to have to do. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that is what I have for you uh, this time out. Again, Braves are kind of winding down the first half of the season going into the All-Star break, but uh, some some fun and interesting matchups uh, going forward in the next few games. So I will certainly be watching. I hope you are too, and I will talk to you again soon.